Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Radio Vision, Radiovania's spinoff podcast where we talk about television. And I'm John Swanson Parker, co-host of Radiovania, and for this specifically, we're talking about Batman the Animated Series. We've been rewatching every episode, and joining me on this journey of rewatching all these episodes is Mr. Zach Rotello himself. Zach, how are you doing tonight? I'm not Zach. I'm Talia. Oh, <laughs> that was good. I am Talia. I'm, right. Right. I am Talia. Don't, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, a um, little hint to, to things to come that we'll be talking about later on. But this is, a, again, our spinoff podcast where we're talking about Batman the Animated Series. We've been watching every episode. We've been talking about three episodes a pod, roughly. And we're just flying on through, baby. We're over halfway, I think, or almost halfway as of what we looked at last week. So that's Ooh. pretty exciting. Yeah, 49 episodes. So this this will be covering episode number 50 of the show on this on this pod today. So and you said how many episodes are there total? And I think there was like there was like a hundred something. So pretty close. We're close. Pretty close to halfway on this one. Um but yeah, it's been so much fun to go through these. And if you like the show, if you like Radiovania, if you like Radio Vision and you like this, obviously you know where to find everything. If this is your first time, definitely go check out some of our other pods or you might be a little lost. But honestly, the nice thing about Batman is like picking up a comic book off the spinner rack. You can just kind of leaf through it and enjoy it for what it is. Each episode mm-hmm. pretty much stands on its own. Um, but yeah, if you really enjoy it and you want to check everything else out that we've covered, head on over to Radiovania.com or go to YouTube and search for Radiovania. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you would like to ask us about Mask of the Phantasm, a little known startup independent film that came out in the 90s, (laughs) we are doing a 30th anniversary podcast for Batman the Animated Series, you know, in review. We would be remiss if we didn't cover the theatrically released tight end feature length film that was created for the show. Um. And we're going to be doing a really fun celebration pod on that in a couple weeks. And it'll drop Christmas Day, which is the 30th anniversary, Christmas 1993, all the way up to 2023, the year of our board. I mean, think um, about it. What's better than waking up on a warm Christmas morning than ignoring your family, putting in your AirPod and listening to Radiovania? (laughs) Oh, I'm going to put I'm going to put it on the Bluetooth. I'm going to make everybody listen to it. You know what I mean? All right, family, gather around. Everybody listen to the radio drama. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we had, so in, in anticipation of that, you have a couple weeks until we record it. Um, please send us an email, radiovaniashow at gmail.com. If you want to just give us your thoughts on the movie, what, where does it rank in Batman movies for you? Do you even consider it a Batman movie compared to a Nolan movie? Uh, ask us questions about things specifically in the movie to discuss performances, moments, etc. I mean, that would and, be a uh, take. If you have a hot take like that and you want to re- write into RadioManiaShow at gmail.com, oh boy, give us a, yeah, give us a hot love one. Love some hot takes revolving around Mask of the Phantasm. And lastly, uh, in order to see when all these things drop, I suggest checking us out on social media, Radiovania Show on Instagram. Um, Zach is doing a great job with putting up those uh, little notifications and posts and stories on the um, threads which is really cool where it shows a little title card that you can drop on in there. So give us a follow on the social feeds. Zach, mm. we had three episodes this week that I all, I actually thought all three were pretty fun. Uh, but yeah. before we do that, we have a little bit of Batman, the animated series related news that I mm-hmm. wanted to talk to you about the news, a little bat bit, point. 
a little sad, but not as sad as some of the recent passings that we've been talking about sure. on this. So it's more of just like a bittersweet uh, news update revolving around Batman the Animated Series. This past week at um, Fan Expo San Francisco, Mark Hamill made one of his grand returns to going to Comic-Cons after COVID. Seems like he had a really good time talking to people about House of Usher, as well as, you know, a little known thing called oh. Star Wars and Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this little side project called Star Wars. You might have heard yeah. of it. He did mention, though, in the Q&A, that he will no longer be voicing the Joker because he will not be able to be opposite of Kevin Conroy's Batman. He said, quote, which I thought was so weird that he dropped this quote the same week that we were covering this episode. Without Batman, crime has no punchline, which is I just... Know. Really what ironic and spooky. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this world we live in is a weird, weird place, my friend. Yeah, but also really sad. So, like, I wanted to kind of get your initial thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I mean, not that surprising, to be perfectly honest, because I think that this has been something that he's been saying for a long time. Um, where he it's people always asked him like back in the day, it's like, oh, were you coming back to voice this project or this project? I think most notably it was around like the Arkham Origins, Arkham Knight time where people were asking Mark Hamill if he was going to come back and voice the Joker. And he's like, well, I would really only do it if Kevin Conroy was going to come back and voice Batman. And so it's like yeah. he's always seemed like, like he feels like him and, and Conroy were kind of like this dichotomy, like. Um, which is so one cool could only exist the, without the other yeah because that's exactly how the characters are too and and i appreciate that and they have a great affection for each other you can check out multiple oral histories on this and it's really you know it kind of hit me you know what mm -hmm. i mean because there's sure. a very emotional episode of of this feed i can't remember which episode it is but you'll see it in the in the um plot synopsis of the episode itself of radio vision but when Conroy passed away was a really tough day for me. And seeing this again kind of like made it real almost a year later, which is kind of, again, really eerie. But um, yeah, for me personally, like I actually kind of like this. I don't know if I'd want one without the other, you know, and Conroy's done a lot more Batman than than Mark Hamill's done Joker. But that's just because the Joker isn't in a lot of stuff compared right. to, you know, like that Kevin Conroy was Batman in the Justice League cartoon. Joker is not a villain in every episode of that, right? But when he is in that show, is Mark Hamill. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's just cool that they are, like you said, intertwined by that. And I think that this was a good. I think this is a, is a good decision by Mark Hamill. So yeah, shocker um, that you and I are fans of Mark Hamill and the decisions that he makes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shocker. I know. Uh, seems like a good guy. Here's here's what I will say though is that you know this is it's it's to be expected. Um, I, here's the thing is the, and you know, we have our maybe opinions on the project itself, maybe look out for a holiday episode of Radiovania where we'll talk about this as like a news story. Um, but they're still teasing. In fact, it just got a new release date, but Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the new Rocksteady game. It's the last and, Conroy performance. And that's yeah. the last Conroy performance as Batman. So I would be shocked to my core, if Mark Hamill's Joker did not make an appearance in that video game in some respect, Harley Quinn's in it, Batman's rock in it. Steady. I it's Rocksteady. It's Rocksteady. Yeah. So yeah. you'll hear you'll hear Mark Hamill as the Joker one more time, and I would be very shocked if they didn't give him a very cool, um, and probably for I mean for fans like us, probably a very emotional send off as well. Yeah, and besides that, I mean, in recent years, obviously this show has been off the air for almost thirty years. Yeah. Um, in recent years, their last like collab 
would have been the Killing Joke movie, which is controversial because of the Batgirl prologue. But <laughs> yeah. the Killing Joke portion itself is pretty damn awesome. spot on compared yeah, to the perfect. comic. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy nail the final moments of the Killing Joke story when he's telling the, the joke about the flashlight. Um, But also the Arkham Knight, which is just like such a great character study of the Joker and Batman's relationship. So, so fucking good. So, 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 so good. That game is, that game is beyond good, man. Yeah, <laughs> and the Joker I, that's stuff the thing that. is I, I saw him, I saw this announcement and I watched, um, I watched clips. Obviously I watched the episodes for this, but I watched some clips of, of just Batman Joker sequences. And then I watched an episode of justice league with Batman and the Joker. And it featured prominently where they go to Las Vegas, which was really great. And then I was like, man, maybe I should play Arkham Knight again. And then I was like, Zach will murder me if I don't get Spider-Man pretty soon. <laughs> You're good. You're it. just waiting on that sweet, sweet Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to get it. From it's, all, it's the number one thing on my Christmas list. So we're all good. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing. Uh, I So I broke down and subscribed. I had some extra PlayStation cash in my wallet. So I subscribed for a month of the premium, um, which has like streaming PS3, PS1, PS2 games. And it's nice. one of the only places that you can play Arkham Origins on a console, which is and, crazy because uh, that, that game yeah. is like lost to time. It's yeah. basically lost to time. It's the redheaded stepchild of the Batman franchise. And not a bad game, but you really feel the lack of <laughs> Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, as well as Rocksteady yeah. in general. The combat's you a little wonky. Really feel it. I, I'm like, I'm like a couple hours into the game and I'm like, man, this is. And it's not like, it. It's good. It's fun. Like but it's five or six hours before Troy Baker even shows up as Joker, which is yeah. like nuts. Crazy, so. crazy, crazy. But yeah, yeah, it's I mean, it, thanks, Mark Hamill, for giving us a little bit of closure. But I think that he's still Mark Hamill. He's the Mark Hamill is like the ultimate magician of actors, right? He's like fooling you with his right hand while he's got your his left hand in your pocket, stealing your wallet, right? He's like, I think yeah. that he's. He's giving us a little bit of closure here, but, you know, wait to see him in the Suicide Squad video game. I almost guarantee you that Joker and Batman will share the screen. I hope you're right. I would love a, a nice actual final send off postmortem. I think that'd be really cool. But although at the same time, I wanted to bring this up. Hollywood, if you're listening in the future, if you AI Kevin Conroy's Batman and Mark Hamill's Joker, Zach and I are going to Jay and Silent Bob drive over there and kick all you motherfuckers in the ass because oh, I, that is the last thing. <laughs> that is the last thing that I want. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let the legacy be what it is. Clearly, we're still rewatching it to this day, so we don't need any more. Yeah, after what they've given us so jinkies. Yeah, I that's really, I really say hope about that. that. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh that's a horrifying thought, my friend. And I let's <laughs> let's just pray to yeah. all that is good and holy in this universe that 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 does not happen. Well, you know they can do it because I've seen people do AI stuff where they yeah. do like Kevin Conroy does the Dark Knight speech. Kevin Conroy, you know, does this. Don't stop that. Mm-mm, don't give him any ideas. <laughs> stop it. Get no, some no, help. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you want to talk about some Batman episodes? Let's talk about some Batman. All right. So uh, real quick, if you are listening and you have not watched the episodes that we mentioned at the end of last week's episode, or I guess the week prior to Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. Mm. The episodes we're talking about this week are as follows. Off Balance is our first episode. The Man Who Killed Batman is our second episode. And Mudslide is our third episode. (laughs) I can't wait till we get to that one, baby. (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) 
Uh, so let's go ahead and get started with the first one, Off Balance. Off Balance is written by Len Wein, longtime scribe and co-editor, I believe, of DC Comics. He's the mm-hmm. co-creator of Wolverine, Swamp Thing, spent a lot of time writing Batman, Superman, The Spectre. He's a comics legend. They've adapted several of his stories. This is also not the last time they'll adapt a comic book story in this show. And uh, yeah, I think it's cool when they when they bring some of these guys in to do stuff that they wrote. Because I'm pretty sure. sure this was a Batman comic as well. And it's directed by, excuse me, sorry, sparkling water. <laughs> it's directed by Kevin Altieri. Title okay. card. Hold on. Director watch. Yeah. Director watch. This is Zach's. Oh yeah, part. Zach's um, new. Um, Zach's new job. Director yeah, watch. I, I thought that the last couple episodes I've been wanting to sneak this in so that we can get a sense of these people because we're, we're we're so deep into the show, right? We want to like we're kind of cataloging these guys. Love right? that we've, idea. We've gotten to know them, so I want to read a couple of the episodes that this guy has known uh, that have, we've talked about so far. Okay, can't wait. Kevin Altieri. It was the director of 22 episodes of Batman the Animated Series from 1992 to 95. He directed Almost a quarter of them. Almost a quarter of them. He directed the Cat and the Claw on Leather Wings. Love Feet it. Of Clay. Okay. POV. The Clock King. That's a good one. The Last Laugh. A pretty good one. Eternal Youth. Okay. Two Face Part One and Part Two. So we've talked about this guy. Yeah. Okay. Point. So he's got two in the S tier already. We'll get to and, that in a little bit. And Night of the Ninja. Oh, okay. We Coming. we are we stand with Day of the Samurai specifically, but Night yeah. of the Ninja is still pretty fun. Still pretty fun. And coming up, he's got a couple big episodes that I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about, but a couple big two parters, Heart of Steel and the Demon's Quest, which um I don't know if you you know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the eyes. Demon's Quest, baby. Got Heart of eyes. Steel's we've already talked about, I think. Can I tell which... you can I tell you another stat about Mr. Kevin Altieri that I was shocked, quite shocked by when I looked at his IMDB credits? Was he at the January 6th? <laughs> no, 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 no. Censor, censor. Cut that, cut that. Just cut kidding, that. just kidding, just kidding. Um, No, he's done. A, he's directed a lot of other stuff, right? Animated, primarily. Spectacular Spider-Man, G.I. Joe Renegades, Transformers Rescue Bots, uh, uh, Mask of the Phantasm. He's a sequence director on that, so we had a hand in that as well. Here's an interesting... Yeah, everyone had their hand in the cookie jar for Phantasm. So that movie an... barely made it into the theaters. Yeah. Here's one. He was a co-director of a little thing called Pearl Jam Do the Evolution. Yeah, music video? Yeah, animated uh, music video for Pearl Jam's song Do the Evolution. Fuck yeah. So I uh, don't think we ever covered that before since we really hadn't We definitely haven't. Kevin, you're welcome on the pod anytime to talk about Pearl Jam. I did not know that you were going to be directing Pearl Jam, so the insurrection joke was in poor taste. I apologize. If you want to bring on uh, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder. What, what he thinks about <laughs> Eddie Batman Vedder, what do you animated? think about Mask of the Phantasm? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going hunger. Your angel of death approaches. <laughs> Evening flu. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, getting back on track here. Our title card for Off Balance. Zach, I, I thought this one was pretty cool. Very cool. Um, it's like it's like a fractured glass almost, but like not shattered necessarily. It's different lines. They're all like kind of put out there. This is gonna be a great social media post for sure, sure. when you when you drop this one. But oh, it's yeah. just the it's the the Burton Batman signal. It's mm-hmm. the big oval off balance in the middle. Everything's skewed a little bit. I thought this was cool. It's like yeah. grayscale and everything. It's like very minimalist, but but sick. 
It's very cool. It almost looks like you're about to watch like an old Hitchcock movie, like a Vertigo or something like that. Like it's kind of got that like, oh, it's oh, oh, kind of got that old timey school oh, sort of feel. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I dig this one quite a bit. Um. Yeah. Big time. Very, very cool. Thumbs up. You ready for a little plot synopsis? Plot it up, baby. All right. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Batman sets up a meeting with a known criminal named Twitch to intimidate him into providing information on a new little gang called the Society of Shadows. Apparently, they have their claws in every dirty deal in Gotham. Their leader goes by the name Vertigo, and suddenly, Batman and Twitch are ambushed by two masked representatives of this Society of Shadows. These men gas themselves before Batman can interrogate them. We find out later that that gas wipes their memory, which is pretty convenient. Off in the distance, a beautiful woman spies on Batman's duel via binoculars. Dun, 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 dun. At GCPD, Gordon is sharpshooting some targets as Batman arrives. This scene was really cool, by the way. Like, he's just, like, one-handed, just, like, doming this paper. You know, I was like, <laughs> Jimbo still got it fresh off of his wound from the jazz man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman tells him that the gas wiped their minds, and perhaps Twitch did tip them off on their next move, though. A new Wayne Tech sonic drill device. This device arrives at the train yard, and Count Vertigo is there to receive it out from under Lucius Fox and the GCPD. Batman attempts to thwart the theft, but is attacked by Vertigo's confusion-inducing waves. He's got like this eye patch that sends like Aquaman-type super friend signals, where it's like, you know what I mean? Makes people yeah. really sick. Suddenly, a dart streams right past Batman and Vertigo, and they look up to see the same woman from the beginning of the episode. Batman is distracted from looking at her and is knocked out from behind. She runs off, and so does Vertigo with his team. Batman and Alfred discuss the woman's involvement, as well as Vertigo's location and how to beat him. Batman assumes the eyepiece that Vertigo wears gives off this radiation. Good detective work. You can literally see the waves coming out of it, you know? So, But hey, you know, he's not the world's greatest detective for nothing. At the compound... The mysterious woman is ambushed by Vertigo's guards, and Batman assists in fighting the enforcers off. Unfortunately, the goons use the Wayne Tech sonic drill to drop them underground and imprison them. It's like this gigantic ray gun, essentially, that causes holes in the ground. <laughs> ray Pretty... shields. Ray shields. We're smarter than this. <laughs> uh, Batman wakes up unmasked and flips shit. The woman claims it's the best way to clean the wounds on his face and is totally unfazed by noticing that Batman is Bruce Wayne. She also just wanted to get a little a little look look see at Mr. Hunka Hunka, you know what I mean? She was a little early she, to the bad dawn. I know. She tells him that her name is Talia. Wink wink to the mm. audience. Yep. Talia picks the lock and she and Batman escape their confines. She tells Batman that Vertigo used to work for her father. Wink wink. And then her father excommunicated him from their group. Once they arrive at Vertigo's lab, they realize it's a trap. Vertigo has them under a relentless amount of those dizzy inducing radiation waves. But Batman is able to guide them across the room by simply closing his eyes and relying on his other senses, Daredevil style. Mm. Vertigo heads to the top of the bell tower for pickup, which is weird. But, you know, the Joker did it in Batman 89 as well. So, say la vie. Uh, but Batman and Talia confront him. They are blasted with radiation again. And Talia jumps on a rope to trigger the bells at the top of the tower, which subdues Vertigo and makes him fall out the side. The Society of Shadows disperses and Talia double crosses Batman for the drill. Big plot twist. Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Batman puts two and two together that she is part of the Society of Shadows herself. 
Talia then calls her father and informs him of the loose end vertigo and that he has been dealt with. Her father asks her to test out the drill and it explodes upon use. Talia tells her father that Batman must have sabotaged it. And her father hangs up the FaceTime and says, as you said, detective, this is not over. But who is that mysterious man? You're going to have to kind of wait. Because the show did not want to tell you any last names yet. But the credits did. And I don't know if you saw this, but in the credits, it tells you their full names, which I thought was really funny. So, Mm. But, you know, if you're watching this Saturday morning cartoons, you're probably not catching the credits because they go by so fast anyway. So, Zach, there's no need to dance around it. This is our soft cameo introduction to Talia al Ghul and her father, Ra's al Ghul, who yeah. is a very prominent Batman villain. He was even in one of the Nolan movies, which means he is prominent enough. Uh, most people know him as Raz al Ghul, but, uh, you know, the real ones know. They know. Real, <laughs> real ones get this. <laughs> um, but what did you think of Off Balance? Off Balance. Uh, D- uh, pretty good episode. I, I, It was a big Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme as soon as I saw the woman in shadow. I was like, I know who that is. I was like, that's got to be Talia. I was gotta like, be. this yeah. is the introduction to Talia. Um, the episode is good. Here's something I didn't realize. So at the beginning, you asked me about title card watch, and I started thinking about Hitchcock movies and said Vertigo. It's Vertigo. Yeah. It's Vertigo. <laughs> I it's pointed to you Vertigo. when you said that, but you didn't see me. <laughs> I yeah. didn't see you. So I literally just Pretty pulled that one right out of my head. Here's, <laughs> here's another thing that I want to bring to your attention. Do you have the doc, you have the doc open still? I do. So I took this, I had to pause the, I had to pause the viewing of this episode to take this photo on my phone because I want to meme this. I want to I want to do this whenever like I like I see something I'm really upset about and or something like bums me out and like or like I'm just like having a hard time dealing with stuff. <laughs> and I want to. <laughs> it's uh, it's Vertigo holding his head in his hands, looking up to the sky, and, and the, the caption sub- just says screaming, screaming. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta make that into a meme. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I was like, that we would should make, a make good that, shirt. <laughs> that that would be a fantastic shirt in the For same sure, vein yeah. as the uh, Anaheim celebration prequel memes. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it reminded me that that photo reminded me of of the Obi Wan visible confusion. So good meme so good. from uh, Attack of the Clones. But I always get a comment on that shirt. It's fantastic. It's a good shirt. But no, I th- I think the episode is good. Um, it's a little meandering, and I gotta be perfectly honest, man. I gotta hear. I mean, give me the backstory on this Vertigo guy because this is just about. I have no idea. Besides just the show, really I've never I've never read a comic that he was in. Uh, really don't care. I don't even think he comes back. If I'm being honest, this is simply a vessel to confuse you, which pun intended, until you find out that he's part of a grander scheme. You know what I mean? It's kind of like hmm. I was thinking about this because Denny O'Neill, the co-creator of Talia and Raish in the comics, has always said that he made those characters so that Bruce Wayne could have James Bond-like adventures across the globe. Mm-hmm. And to me, this felt like Casino Royale, where like Lashif is the villain, and by the end of it, you find out that he's actually part of Spectre, a larger organization. You know what I mean? Oh, God. So (laughs) according to the Batman wiki, real quick, Count Vertigo, Count Werner Vertigo of Latava. So wow. (laughs) Or or, or simply Werner Zedel in Prime Earth Continuity is a DC Universe villain mainly portrayed as an enemy to Black Canary and Green Arrow, but has fought Batman as well. He's a power hungry noble, a power hungry noble who'd lost his lands to Soviet invaders and subsequently moved to the US in an attempt to grab power. He additionally has the power to cause vertigo like effects in other people. 
Um, his first appearance was World Finest Volume One, issue two hundred and fifty-one. Um, cool. It doesn't it doesn't say the date of that first appearance, but World's he's appeared finest, in which issue? Uh, World's sorry, World's Finest Volume One, issue two fifty-one. Um, created by Gary Conway, Trevor Von Eden, nineteen. 19- 41. Oh, that can't be right. I mean, Count Vertigo Vlatslava sounds all right for the 40s. You know what I mean? <laughs> World's Finest Volume 1, 251. But yeah, Homie was in many episodes of Batman the Animated Series. July 1978. 1978. Okay. He was also in the CW Arrow, apparently. That I do recall a little bit of hearing about that. But okay, yeah, he has the same abilities as Black Canary, so that actually makes a lot of sense that he's a Green Green Arrow Black Canary villain. But got it. I yeah. think in the context of this episode, they didn't overdo it with him. I don't think there's been episodes like uh, the Underdwellers where like we have Alligator King or whatever, and he's like way he's in a way too much Rat King, Rat King. Thank you, Rat King. This guy is just kind of <laughs> like he's just kind of there. You know what I mean? When we do our Batman the Animated Series villain draft, he's oh, going to be like, he's like picking a kicker. You know what I mean? Like, we'll get him later. He's like the Frank Gore of. <laughs> not even. <laughs> or no, I think not that's even too nice. Yeah. That's too nice of a compliment. Jimmy the Jazz Man's more like Frank Gore than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so... I, I don't really want to talk about him too much. I wanted to get your first opinions on Talia, Talia. specifically, because this isn't enough of a sample for Raish, I don't think. But no, I thought it was smart that they introduced her first. So that you can kind of start to buy into their attraction towards each other as well as like yeah. the femme fatale aspect. And the way that they do her hair like a femme fatale from noir films is so yeah, fucking right. sick. I actually, you know, I have the Batman, the animated series hero clicks. She's got a pretty cool one, too. So Okay. But um, yeah, no, I I miss I'm mostly joking about the Vertigo guy because I I really do think that he's more or less just a distraction to <laughs> for sure to be like okay, well take your eyes off of what's happening with Batman and Talia for a second. Here's this villain that makes Batman drunk, and and it's like it's kind of it's an interesting concept, I suppose. But the real drama here comes from the setting up of of Bruce Wayne and Talia and their relationship and like what that means going forward. My so, so I liked her quite a bit. I, I thought it was an interesting way to you know kick her off. Just, I I like that just. You know, it makes sense for the character, right? She just shows up. She's in the shadows and she just kind of appears. Um, my question is, this is really, really cool because, I mean, we always talk about this this show being, you know, made for adults, but viewable for kids, right? Like you were, I was a little kid watching this show, but I didn't really get a lot of the stuff. I'm just looking for like the flashy colors and the fun Batman punching action, like all that good stuff. But I yeah. think it's really cool that they seed all this stuff about the League of Shadows and about her and her father and like the all of that stuff. But my I guess so it's cool that they do that without you having any prior knowledge. But then I keep reminding myself that we're watching this in the the written order. So I want to know if um, do you think that there's some fuckery going on with like the HBO order or the streaming order where you were. See, do you see race before this in a different order or is this the first time that we're seeing any kind of league of shadows Rachel ghoul in the animated canon pretty sure that this is still first and i this think it was designed first. that way because otherwise they would have said she would have said my name's talia al ghoul and i work for my father you know what i mean i'm gonna check though but i'm pretty sure it's always been after because this is like the prologue to the demon's quest two-parter and then other subsequent Rachel ghoul shit so yeah but I'll I'll fact check you real quick. 
Okay. But yeah, I mean, just to wrap up my thoughts, I mean, I thought it was very cool. I'll, I'll, I'll um, while you're looking that up, I'm going to do a couple of trivia things. How's that sound? Yep. And it is, it was the end of 1992. November is when off balance premiered. Okay. Demon's quest did not premiere until May of 1993. So. Okay. So demon's quest, we should look forward to. That's probably going to, that's the first. It's around the corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Right around the corner. Choo choo. Cool. Um, yeah. all right, well then we'll skip trivia. We'll cover that before we do rankings and stuff like that. So you, what, what, what did you think about the episode? You, it sounds like you were, I think uh, it's, I think it's a perfectly mid, but fun episode to watch just because of the future implications of it. It's almost like watching, sure. you know, some of the origin episodes that we get for other people. But the thing that I liked about this that I wanted to speak to is I felt like the, the way that they do an origin story for Raish and Talia is so much more interesting than just like how they ham fist the Mad Hatter origin story. You know what I mean? It's just because they're cooler characters specifically. Yeah, I think Vertigo is a like really fun Eastern European goofy villain from like the Silver Age of comic books, which is or even Bronze Age, which is really fun, um, but totally forgettable. But I do think that the action is really cool. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Like the opening on the Statue of Liberty where like the guys are scaling yeah. the sides, like yeah. the talons in the the Court of Owls and shit was really dope. And how like there's that wide shot. There's a lot of good animation in this one. There's the wide shot of Batman talking to Twitch or whatever. And the guys like perched on the railing behind him and they don't see him yet. You know, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. My favorite animation cell is when Batman saves Talia from the guys in the forest he like jumps up into the moon and he's got this giant silhouette as he's looking down and falling Pretty on them before he like yeah. kicks this dude in the face. I was like, this, this is fucking sick. So yeah. Cue the music. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking yeah. drop that beat dog. And we got to talk. I mean, I, I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet, but the illusions, Sam Raimi, you hack. <laughs> he's still, I, <laughs> I want you to kill Peter Parker. <laughs> the bell tower thing. Yeah. The yeah. bell tower. They do. Uh, they they best vertigo by pulling some fucking let kill Topher Grace with sound. Um, yeah, they were doing that in the comics a little bit in the eighties for the symbiote, but not extensively. Uh, so yeah, it's a little hand in hand. But I mean the the specific ah screaming reaction definitely seems like something um, Sam Raimi watched. And this. like the 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 things ringing or whatever. Him in the center frame. It's like. Yeah, Parker. I <laughs> just have expected someone yeah. to scroll over like that, but yeah. And I don't want to get weird or anything here, but I feel like I have to to mention it because I'm almost thirty. I feel like I can comfortably say this now, but animated Talia was a big uh, big deal for your boy as a young as a young growing up whippersnapper. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you're watching cartoons and and movies, and you don't realize why you like a character so much until you hit puberty, and you're like, oh yeah. That's oh why. right <laughs> that makes sense so okay. i've always been i like catwoman as a character but i've always been a, a batman talia shipper if as it were so you like that forbidden love baby you like the... she's like this beautiful arabic like desert monster princess who leads a group of assassins <laughs> around the world and yeah i think it's fucking great so and, you, and she takes your hood off Mm. I don't have a hood, but that's okay. <laughs> I uh my dream casting for Talia and James Gunn's DCU is definitely on Adarmus because I think she captures oh. the mercy the ethnic aspect to it. But if you wanted to go 
very specific to us to the region of Arabia and stuff like that. I would do somebody like Naomi Scott, maybe or something like that. How about uh, has, uh oh, she's already been she was rat catcher too, but Daniela Melikor could be a really good that would have been Tali Al Ghul too. Yeah, I know she would have been great. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah that would be interesting. Just, what is it? I'm hoping that she makes an since since they have already said that Damien is the Robin in Brave and the Bold. I'm hoping that Talia will be in that movie as well, uh, both for personal reasons and I think it'd be cool to actually give Talia a good shot on screen, unlike Marion Cotillard's. Hey, no shots. She's not to terrible, but that death is awful. <laughs> that is awful, and that it's a, such a shame that that's what people will remember Dark Knight Rises for. Like, not that's not that what I movie. remember it for. Okay. but like, not that's the, the last Talia thing that I really remember. Talia, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like when you say Talia Al Ghul, people will be like, "Oh, remember when she fucking has that terrible <laughs> death scene in Dark Knight Rises?" It's like that's such a shame because the rest of that movie, I actually think she's really good. Like, no, she's great. Marion Cotillard. When you find is like, out that she's Talia okay. is when it sucks. Like when she's just what's her name Miranda Tate, right? Something when she's like pretending to be Miranda Tate, and they're like banging on the bear rug in the rain and stuff. Like all that's cool, you know. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, she and uh, she and fucking Christian Bale having less than zero chemistry. <laughs> no chemistry. Literally no chemistry whatsoever. Christian but... Bale has the best chemistry, honestly, with Hugh Jackman and The Prestige more than anybody yeah. else. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Oh, good for you. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, we should tell Fallon. <laughs> tell Fallon. <laughs> it's like Christian. I don't know if Christian Bale has ever. I'm gonna tell my kids that your name's Fallon. <laughs> you should keep coming around. <laughs> Fallon's gonna take you to the zoo. <laughs> Just an ordinary rubber ball. Just an ordinary rubber ball. <laughs> oh man! Prestige review. When's that happening, dude? What, you fucking tell me when, and I'll be He's, there. I'll do it right now if you want. All right, uh, got a tr- couple trivia facts for you. Yeah, hit him, hit him, hit me with it. Um, a couple of these are going to sound pretty familiar. In the Batcave, Alfred can be seen polishing the giant penny to which Batman <laughs> was tied to during an encounter and almost got him, which we talked about a couple yes. weeks ago. Yep, I think it's funny that he's got like a gigantic ladder to go polish that thing. Terrible job, by the way. That would be the worst. Also, proportion, Alfred. Seriously. You need a you need a big ass microfiber cloth. You, you can't be polishing like, huge one like that they used to clean NBA floors. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, what am I paying you for? It's like I would. It's and really, does it need polishing? There's probably evidence on that shit. Do you think Alfred gets paid by the hour, and that's why he's using a rag? There's no way, right? You think Alfred's out al- salary? Alfred's got to be. He's got. Yes, got to be salary, right? Or do you think he's like a stipend? I don't know. That's a great question. I wonder if they'll. I don't know if anyone's ever asked that question. Is what does Alfred get paid? (laughs) There's a comic that I read one time. It's Nightwing, actually. The recent run on Nightwing by Tom Taylor. Alfred never needed money, but Bruce continued to pay him. And so did Thomas. So he has a very substantial salary that he just put into an investment account. And he's like, Alfred has more money than the Waynes because he didn't need it. And then he gave it to Dick Grayson after his passing. And Dick Grayson has been using it for charity, which is pretty interesting. That's pretty tight. Uh, Helen Slater, who played yes. Talia in the in the episode, also like previ- previous played Superman's cousin Kara Supergirl in Supergirl 1984 and would go on to play Kara's adoptive mother on Earth in Supergirl 2015. So yep, the uh, Melissa Benoist show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little bit of trivia. Very there. interesting. I didn't know she had the, the voice chops because I've seen that Supergirl movie. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> I've only heard about the Supergirl movie. I feel it's like one bad. of these. 
yeah <laughs> one of these days i should watch it but i've heard I'm, it's like i've heard it's terrible yeah i'm very excited for the james gunn supergirl movie after reading the book that it's based off of but yeah it's time to get supergirl her due justice but not well, after batgirl after batgirl how could we all that was how excited. yeah yeah um, Vertigo's fall from the tower, especially the camera shot from inside the tower of him falling past an opening, appears to be a direct reference to the Alfred Hitchcock film Vertigo, 1958. Another Ooh. homage is the opening fall from the Statue of Freedom, which re- resembles the climactic scenes from Hitchcock's Saboteur in 1942. So this is a big Hitchcock influence right here. Mm-hmm. You, you nailed it. Um, here's an interesting one. The Society of Shadows, a formidable globe-spanning sp- organization, makes their first appearance in the series here. In the comics, the organization was known as the League of Assassins, but the name had to be toned down for TV broadcast standards yep. and practices. So yep. they literally couldn't call it the League of Assassins. And then Christopher Nolan picked League and Shadows and did the League of Shadows in the Nolanverse. So it's like, they're all the same, though. <laughs> it's like potato, potato, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's all. That's your trivia there. All right. Well, each episode of Batman the Animated Series that we talk about, we are slotting into a master ranking. We have a huge list to document that we are keeping where we add it to a specific tier mm-hmm. and we are keeping track of every episode so that by the end of this, we will have our rankings for what we think is the best all the way down to the least best of Batman the Animated Series. The tiers are as follows. S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier. Tier C. It's never too late tier. And tier basement. <laughs> it's don't forget it's tier C. I like that it's t- it's eight. It's S tier, S tier, A tier, B tier, tier C. <laughs> it's, never oh, sorry. it's never too late tier. I see that now. Yeah, I and won't botch basement. that on the next episode. I promise. Oh man, I like that the it's has also got a, a fucking semicolon instead of an apostrophe. It's yeah. amazing. One of these days, it's semicolon S never too late. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to print this out and we'll like get it professionally framed. Like when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the doc. It's like the Declaration of Independence. I'm going to see. So, Zach, you got any leanings towards a tier on this one? I think I know where I want to go. This here's here. Can I this is uh, here's what I'll say. Yeah. If this if we did before we broke this up into tiers, before we had too many episodes where we could just like list them all out. Yep. This is a perfect example of where we would have said, is it better or worse than on leather wings? Yes. Cause that's exactly where I'm at. It's like right there. It's like, it's, is it better? I don't know. I, I it's either going to be top maybe? of the B tier, which is below on leather wings or it cracks on leather wings. And it's in the bottom of the A tier. I think. Oh, uh, if, if I had my pick, I say it goes below on leather wings. I, 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 I think it's fun. Vertigo is whatever. Talia is cool. Um, but ultimately, I feel like this is a whole lot of setup for much more poignant stuff down the road. Um, great visuals, like you said. Animation's great, but man, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's right around there. Do, well, where, are you, where are you feeling? Are, are you leaning a little higher? No, I, I'm actually leaning in the same spot as you. I actually think it's pretty easy. I think it's it's the new 26. I think it's the top of the B tier. I think this is like as close as you can get to A without quite having that X factor that is a really yeah. good villain to push it over the edge. And let's be honest, like the plot of this episode's a little underbaked. They're like trying to steal a drill because <laughs> Raish needs it, <laughs> but they don't say why because he never gets it. 
right. you can infer what he would use it from once you see Demon's Quest, but it's just weird. So it's just like that shit's just happening, and then Batman and Talia are flirting and, and walking around a castle. It's like Castlevania, Batman. It's the, like, oh, that so. that Castle Batvania, Battlevania. Uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm totally fine with that. I think yeah. that I think it comes in at the new number twenty six. I think that that's perfect. Perfect. Sweet. Vertigo. Nope. Off balance. Off balance. (laughs) In parentheses, vertigo. (laughs) So you don't forget. (laughs) That seriously, hey, that'll help you. Perfect, actually. That'll help me. Yeah, we need (laughs) annotations. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's move on to our next episode of the Mm -hmm. evening. The man who killed Batman, written by Paul Dini. And directed by Bruce Tim. You have uh, writer and director notes. We know Paul Dini. He's a co-creator yeah. of Harley Quinn. He's yeah, written Paul- Heart of Ice. Mm-hmm. A lot of Joker episodes. This episode, uh, he's the co-writer for Mask of the Phantasm. So well-known Batman scribe. But Bruce Tim doesn't direct a whole lot. But we have no. talked about him recently. He did Day of the Samurai. So why don't you give everybody a little, little flesh out on this? Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Paul Dini is one of those. Paul Dini is the name where it's like when you see that in the credits, you're like, all right, pop the popcorn. We're here for a good one, right? Yeah, I and mean, yeah. he's like the stamp the opening can of the- whoop ass on yeah. your face. Yeah. Um. So Bruce Tim has directed four episodes of Batman the Animated Series from 1992 to 93. Um. Most notably, I think, uh, season one, episode three, Heart of Ice. Um. Yep. Well, as IMDb lists it, but Heart of Ice, he directed. Uh, he directed The Laughing Fish. He yep. directed The Man Who Killed Batman and Day of the Samurai. So, so we have officially covered all of his directorial features. Yep. As of this episode. As of this because episode. he would go on after this to essentially running the animated universe. Not long after this season. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get to the the new Batman adventures, um, which yeah. is the final volume of this. Not long after that, they would also start making a Superman animated show then Batman Beyond, and it's just so, like, he was a busy boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he definitely busy, and it's mostly DC stuff. Like, he's after... It's like, oh, yeah, he's a household guy. Adventures of Batman and Robin, Last Son of Krypton, Superman the Animated Series, Superman Doomsday, director of all this stuff, Batman Strange Days. I'm pretty sure he lead... He still is in charge of Warner Brothers DC Animation. So, like, all these, like, Batman Ninja, Long Halloween Part 1 and Part 2, like, he's definitely EPing on that shit, so... Yeah, he, he's listed as being known mostly for animated series, Batman Beyond, Superman, the animated series and the new Batman adventures. So he's a DC guy through and through. He's an executive producer on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Um, he didn't really run it or direct a lot of those episodes. He left a lot of the writing to a really fun group of dudes who came up with some really interesting stuff for Justice League that, again, we've talked about this before on other pods. It's just like. Sorry, guys, you'll never be able to make a Justice League movie that I can gel with because I've seen the best versions of this team already. So right. It'll be like whoever has to make the next Avengers movie. And it's like, all right, go. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the guy, the the guy that they just got this again, shout out to Radiovania. We'll do that. We'll do that pod someday in in December yeah. sometime down the road. But they're they want the guy that did like Loki season one or whatever. I think that wrote that to do Avengers and like pray for you i pray i pray for you if i'm that good if luck. i'm that guy i'm like nope <laughs> like i'm good i want people to remember me fondly not like what happened to taika you know oh god he's getting he's getting a <laughs> the internet is turning against that man faster than you can say uh kiwi 
Kiwi. All right, our title card here. The man who killed Batman. It's a, it's a pretty funny little card. This seems like a title card for SpongeBob. <laughs> Two hours later. So it's like very, very minimal Times New Roman font. And there's just this Weasley looking meek silhouetted man in a hat staring at you with these beady eyes. <laughs> Times New Roman. Uh, that's what more like they? yeah uh calibri i don't know it's i would say it's aerial times new roman has the little like notches like you're right the times you're new right. roman has the little fins or whatever um, fins aerial is a good call fins up uh the man it looks the, like the, the logo of gone girl you know it does <laughs> yeah it does that's what like I, that's girl. what i want title card watch to continue to be is like what does this remind me of? what does this remind us <laughs> um no it's it's cool uh, i mean it's a little like more it. goofy it, i like it too i think that you remove the eyes like if you take the cartoonish white eyes from it's the terrifying. guy it's yeah. a little bit more ominous hash slasher yeah yeah right <laughs> <laughs> the walls will lose green slime wait they always do that um but i really like the title card i think it's very cool i love the grayscale. i mean it's I'm a, a great I'm tone a... setter for what the episode is about too right i feel like a good title card in this show should kind of slightly put me in a mood to understand what's about to happen. And I see this, I'm like, oh, there's a guy that looks terrified. What's going to happen? And then like, boom, kicks in. And that's exactly what's happening. I also think it makes more sense going back and rewatching it, right? Where like you see this for the first time. I didn't know what was going on in the episode. So I see this for the first time and I'm like, what does this mean? And then by the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, I know what that meant now. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I understand that reference. I understood that reference. All right. Plot synopsis. Plot it up. A man runs through a rainy night in Gotham City until he gets to Rupert Thorne's house. Sidney is the man's name, and he is known to Rupert Thorne as the man who killed Batman. Sid regales Thorne with a tale from a few nights ago. Sid attempts to work his way up Thorne's criminal ladder, and the other guys in the group uh, dub him Sid the Squid, which is a pretty interesting name. Uh, he didn't know that the other goons only brought him along on this heist that they were pulling off as a distraction for Batman. So they were like, Batman can beat this guy to death and we can do whatever we need to do. Sid almost falls over the side of a building while he's quote unquote dueling with Batman. It's more of like uh, Jar Jar Binks fighting Batman. He's like falling into stuff, you know, and things are happening. Um, but a brick falls loose and causes a propane take to start leaking. A, spi- a spark ensues and the building explodes. Sid is able to get out, but Batman is not seen, and the other guys just assume that Sid was able to off the Batman. At a local bar, Sid's power is immediately struggled and challenged by other tough guys who say, you know, like, if this guy took out Batman, I take out you. That makes me the toughest guy in Gotham. So it's just like classic machismo stuff going on. A drunken bar fight leads to all the other gang guys getting thrown into jail. At GCPD lockup, Harvey Bullock tells Officer Montoya that Batman is dead and that Jim Gordon is taking it really hard. Bullock is then about to interrogate Sid the Squid and his fellow inmates when Dr. Harleen Quinzel arrives with a paid bail for Sid to get out of jail. Quinzel reveals herself in the car to be Harley Quinn and takes Sid to the Jokers. Great fucking animation. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you right here is Joker sitting on that throne in the, in the shape. So cool. Joker tells Sid that he wants proof that Batman is dead and the only way to do that is to pull a job right now. 
Joker laments how he will miss the chase Batman provided. They gas cops at a local, it's like a jewelry store or something. They gas cops so that they can escape and then hold a funeral for Batman at his chemicals after Batman doesn't show up. Joker only then will feel vindicated if he also kills Squid. So they drop that man to a coffin and lower him into a vat of acid. Terrifying. Yeah, Sid is almost a goner, but thankfully his coffin went down a drain and into the Gotham Bay. Sid then, in present day, pleads with Rupert Thorne to help him get out of town. Thorne also doesn't believe him as both surviving Batman and the Joker and is about to kill him when Batman shows up and saves Sid. Batman takes down Thorne and then tells Sid the full story that he had been tailing him and he survived the explosion and pretended to be dead long enough to find out who the head boss was. Of course, it was Rupert Thorne, but, you know, Batman needed to make sure. He, he likes to close those loose ends. Batman then sent Sid to prison, where he's a big shot for almost taking down Batman and surviving the Joker. And everybody is going to not make him their bitch. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I brushed over the best scene in the episode, but I wanted to kind of save it for discussion but what what was your general thoughts of the episode uh i thought it was fantastic i think that this is a i think that this is a great episode i think that it is um such a fun premise um that it shocked me that i had never so here's the thing is that like here's my expo we've covered this many times my exposure to batman the animated series was a very young kid where yeah. I don't remember a whole lot of it. And I only really remember the, like they played episodes on syndication on TV. So it wasn't like I was watching them in order. It was whatever I saw on when I was a kid, when I turned on whatever, it was like Fox or kids WB or whatever, right? Whenever it aired, it was something like that. I don't yeah. remember where it aired, but uh, yeah. So kids it was WB kids WB. So it was like Sorry. seeing that back in the day. Um, and then my other exposure to Batman the Animated Series is coming home from you, coming home with you from the bars drunk and you saying, let's put on Batman. And then you put on episodes. And I remember the scene of the funeral that Joker holds for for Batman at, vividly. Like I, I must have seen this scene before um, coming out yeah. of a brownout or something. <laughs> that uh, sounds so about right. I remember that vividly. And I was like, oh, that's in this episode. I was like, OK, cool. Um, but to know how the rest of the episode ties into it, the payoff at the end with Sid the Squid, um, I thought it was great. The stuff with Commissioner Gordon reacting to Batman, like all that stuff. Great mythos in this episode. You know, you got like distraught Jim, even Harvey Bullock seems like bummed, you know, and Montoya is shocked. And then you get to, like you mentioned, this scene is what this episode is known for. Um, I think it's a funny, goofy premise, and only Paul Dini, who did the Joker's favor, which is similar to this, where it's like that guy flicks Joker off in traffic, and now it was a life debt, you know? This is kind of in that vein, and the eulogy scene is fantastic. And you have like... Perfect. I'm going to read the whole thing, actually, in here in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, he is. But- <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do Mark Hamill justice, but I'm, I want to read it word for word because it's wonderful writing by Paul. Yeah, it's a beautiful piece of script. It's it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I will like that's like one of those core memory scenes that you're going to take from this episode, which is like he gives the eulogy and then they put the guy in the box and they're lowering him down a vat and Harley's playing the kazoo grace on the kazoo. Yeah, <laughs> and she's crying. Oh, so good. And Batman and Joker's like wiping his tears and then yeah. at the end they drop him in the ass and he's like well that was fun <laughs> who's for chinese yeah who's for chinese 
it's, it's so good. It's, it's fantastic. And yeah, so I'm so glad that we uh I got to watch this episode in full. It was a yeah, it was a really, really great episode. I'm sure you enjoyed it. What it what what did you think on this most recent rewatch? Oh, it was great. I always like I always forget how good it is until he gets to the Joker. You know what I mean? As soon as that happens and Harley shows up to GCPD. I am like reminded of this episode. You know what I mean? It's almost like it doesn't like, it's not like a, Oh, point at this guy. Tell me to watch an episode of Batman. You know, I'd probably be like, who's almost got him laughing fish, stuff like that. But this is, I think a really good episode. And I almost kind of like rediscovered my love of it. But yeah, I think given Mark Hamill's recent announcements and even quoting this too. It's so good. It's just fantastic. I loved it. I think the weird world we live in, my friend, weird world. I know the nonlinear storytelling is dicey in a 22 minute episode, but I think it's handled pretty well here because it's just kind of one man's recollection unlike POV where each of those people had like a solid three to four minutes to kind of give their own recollection of the same event. So if I had to criticize something about this episode, I don't love what they did with Sid the Squid because I feel like he yeah. is a photocopy of the guy that Joker pushes around in Joker's favor. I and I think it would have made more sense if this guy was super meek and super shy, but he's kind of like a bumbling buffoon. And so mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of the edge off where I think it would have been more poignant for this guy to be like, he's like an innocent bystander that gets caught up in this whole thing. And then at the end, he really likes that he's got this like power like he kind of is like devious about it but in the end you kind of just you're like oh that's silly the guy that silly and fell around like you mentioned jar jar right he falls into this accident and becomes this like respected crime figure i think that had the character been played a little bit more like quiet and meek and a little bit more like i don't know what's going on instead of being played like an idiot i actually think that the episode would have been a lot better but i understand that you're making a kid's show you got to have some sort of funniness and some sort of laughability or like some kind of like entertaining thing in this episode that's super fucking dark where it's like (laughs) Batman's dead. Everyone, everyone's mourning the death of Batman, including his greatest adversary. So it's no shock that they had to make the the main character of the episode a little bit lighthearted, but that's my only, my only criticism. If I had to come up with one for this episode. Yeah, I, I agree. It's all, it's ultimately minor, but it's still needed to be said. I feel like, I just feel like we need to, you know, give credit to the fact that Paul Dini really understands what makes the Batman Joker relationship tick, which is that for some weird fucked up reason, these two need each other. Batman needs to prove himself as living up to the oath that he made to his parents. And Joker needs somebody to chase him because he is never satisfied with anything, you know, including his own relationship with harley and stuff like that like he lives for is batman gonna stop me or not and the scene where they go to the jewelry store and he doesn't show up and then joker's like immediately like all right well fuck this let's just leave i was like this is hilarious and they animate him so well he looks so sad and when kevin conroy passed away last year people were like like essentially like cropping that out and putting it on stuff and like it's just like an iconic still i feel like you know but I'm going to read the eulogy. Read it. Read it. Word for word as best I can. So bear with me here. I'm going to rotate my mic a little bit. All right. Dear friends, today is the day that the clown cried. And he cries not for the passing of one man, but for the death of a dream. 
the dream that he would someday taste the ultimate victory over his hated enemy. For it was the Batman who made me the happy soul I am today. How I agonized over the perfect way to thank him for that. Perhaps with a cyanide pie in the face, or an exploding whoopee cushion playfully planted in the Batmobile. But those dreams were dashed by the weasley little gunzel sitting over there in our midst. The cowardly, insignificant Ganef, who probably got lucky when Batman slipped on the slime trail this loser left behind him. The mound of disease, hyena filth, who's not fit to lick the dirt from my spats. But I digress. The time for sorrow has passed. It's time to look ahead to the future filled with smiles. And I'll be smiling again just as soon as we take that man there and slap him in that box there and roll him into the vat of acid there. There we go. That's from Paul Dini. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Wonderful stuff. I also love Harley's... uh, you know what's great about you, Puddin? You really put the fun in funeral. Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> He's like, <All> right. thanks. <laughs> I've got some I've got some trivia. Yeah, hit me with it. Arlene Sorkin, who plays Harley Quinn, played Amazing Grace on the kazoo in one take. Amazing. Uh, it's reported that it, it was written down that it was so funny that the crew was laughing the whole time during her performance. And immediately after she finished, Sorkin and the rest of the voice cast also broke into uncontrollable laughter. Paul Dini said it was fortunate she could do it in one take as the second would have been impossible to do so. That's amazing. That's like <laughs> that's like you hear that. And in any other context, you're like, this is probably like director PR bullshit. But like in the context of making a Batman cartoon, you're like, She's definitely checks out. the kazoo like that yeah. checks out she's a fucking dynamite lady um the idea for the episode germinated from a debate between bruce tim and paul dini on whether they could do a batman episode without batman present for the majority of the episode so that yeah. was like the germination of the idea it came from the idea of that um and let me Mark- just tell you <laughs> if there was a joker the animated series season you know Ooh. what i mean like <laughs> this is your proof that it could work you know yeah, right In Mark Hamill's introduction for the book, The Joker, A Visual History of the Clown Prince of Crime in 2011, he specifically mentioned the scene where Joker gave Batman solemn eulogy, casually sent Sid to his death and remarked, quote, well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? (laughs) Hamill credits both the scene and the line, quote, without Batman, crime has no punchline with being the single most significant moment to him getting the character of the Joker. Years later, Hamill performed the eulogy at Star Wars Celebration. And I think you were there. I was. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a nexus point of my interest. You know, <laughs> you reached Nirvana. I was like, ah, <laughs> don't call me. Don't. <laughs> uh, Paul Dini was reportedly worried that Harley Quinn playing Amazing Grace on a kazoo might be thought as sacrilegious, <laughs> but no controversy came out of the episode, or if it did, it was minor. That's amazing. Um, and then this is the first time that Harleen Quinzel is mentioned as uh, yes. her full name. So I wanted to bring that up because we yeah. haven't gotten to the origin story and we won't for a while. But Dr. Harleen Quinzel is Harley's real name before her turn to crime with the mm-hmm. Joker. So pretty funny. It's honestly like to me. Like this is just a little bit of a tiny plot hole where it's like Harvey Bullock should know the aliases of all of the joke, like the Batman villains. You know what I mean? Like their public record in Arkham, people should know that Harvey Dent is Two Face, etc. But hey, you know I digress. It was cool. It's cool hey. to see her. 
Um, the name anyway, Sid, who's for Chinese? <laughs> who's for Chinese? The name Sid the Squid was used as a pass alias of Tony Zuko, who appeared in the episode Robin's Reckoning yep. Part 1. A mm-hmm. um, couple other ones here before we wrap up. The story was loosely taken from Detective Comments 524 called Death Grip. However, in the story, Sid the Squid's apparent killing of Batman is only a delusion. Sid is suffering as a result of his fight with Batman. Have you read that comic? Mm, no, I don't think so. Detective Comics 524 called Death Grip. Death Grip. I'm going to look it up. Detective um, Yeah, There's that's just about it. There's over a thousand issues of detecting Detective Comics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is... Um, <laughs> this this episode has a lot of trivia, but a lot of it is like, yeah, eh, I don't know. Some of it's okay. But the, those the big ones we covered are the big ones. Wow, this is a cool cover. I'm going to drop it in. Drop it in the chat? Yeah. Or the doc? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I can't, remember? Cause my oh, yeah, you have work. Computer. You have work restrictions. Yeah, I'll, I'll Snapchat it to you. <laughs> or I could just look it up on my own. <laughs> yeah, you can just look it up on your own. It's a dope cover. I'm going to try to find it. Yeah. Okay. Batman cool, has cool. been captured by the squid and is currently struggling against the crook's giant squid pet. Seems a little different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, the cover right now. What, uh, what do you, you think have, a, son of a you have an animation cell or anything like um, that? Um, oh man, There's so many to choose from. Yeah, it's a hard one. Uh, I don't. I I mean, you pointed out one of the most obvious ones, which is that the the silhouetted Joker on the throne. That's beautiful. So um, good. the oh, you know what else? The other one that I like is the the cowl in the coffin. And then Joker puts the kick me sign. On the yeah, kick. right. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, fuck yeah, it. That's good yeah, too. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's all it's all really good. I like. I I really do like the end. I like how it's all tied up at the end with him going to Arkham. Like I like him trying to be like, all right, well, see you, Batman. And then he's like, no, 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 <laughs> oh no, yeah. no. He's like, yeah. you're still a criminal. And then it's I, I like the I like the end scene of him walking down the hallway with a smile on his face. Like I think that that's really cool too. Yeah. But yeah, you pointed out a lot of the you pointed out a lot of the big ones already. I know I stole a lot of them. Sorry. All good though. All right, ready to rank this bad boy? I, I don't. Are you ready to rank this one? No, <laughs> but we have to. It's I think job. this this might be the hardest one. Yeah. That we've had to rank so far. I agree. Um, because I don't know about you, but I think it's S tier. No, I definitely think it's S tier. I just don't know where. Yeah. Because I almost like I might be real with you. I I might go I might be going crazy here. I might be a little crazy freaky boy right now, but what, yeah, where are you going? What do you think? I'm I'm like, is this better than Two Face Part One? Hmm. I don't know, man. I I, I think um, it's I think it's better it's better than um Christmas with the Joker and Joker's favorite. I like I Joker's agree. favorite a lot, but I think this one's funnier. Dreams, Dreams and darkness. darkness is the Batman Begins one, right? I thought Dreams and Darkness was the. Isn't it the uh, like the visions one? Doesn't he go back to like Crime Alley and stuff like that? Or am I thinking of a different one? Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. Dreams and Darkness is a. No, it's a. Hold on. <laughs> I don't remember. Let me pull it up. <laughs> Uh, Mark's the final time that the Scarecrow is the main villain of an episode of Batman the Animated Series. 
it's when he's in Arkham to begin with. Yeah, he's having the visions, but it culminates with the with the scarecrow trying to poison the water supply, which is Batman Begins. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I like I I still I mean I I mean I like are, that more, I like it more than Dreams in Darkness. Sorry, I just had to remember what it was. It's perchance the dream that I'm hung up on because that's mm. such a really cool episode. This one's so much more entertaining though. Perchance to dream is cool because of the visual aspect and like the introspectiveness of Batman, but this has like I don't know, man. This is just another one of those like moment episodes. Like the whole the whole thing with with Joker and the funeral and Harley Quinn there, and I think that all that stuff is great. I think that maybe you, you dock this episode a couple points because it doesn't really feature Batman all that much. But what they do, but that's what Batman I like about it. So good, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's what I kind of like about it being so high in the top ten is like, <laughs> you know. Like Laughing Fish, Heart of Ice, and Two Face Part One are all like pretty, like top tier Batman doing Batman stuff. Almost Got Him and The Man Who Killed Batman are both villain centric episodes, and the villains are so special in this show. Yeah. I agree with you though. I, so, all right. So I don't I'm, know. I'm, Maybe, I mean, Two Face. I'm past five, but convince me about why more than Two Face. Yeah, that's. Because you love that episode. I do what, really what's like What's going Two-Face. on here? I mean, so what Two-Face has going for it more than this is that that is a Batman story. It's a story of Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent. You get the crime stuff, which we're both, you and me are big both fans of, like like all the gangster stuff. Yeah. Um, So that gives that a very strong edge. I really just think I like the concept of this episode, but I I would honestly, I think that this nestling in between Two-Face and Perchance to Dream is probably, like, I think this is a top fiver. So if we want to slot it right under Two-Face, I think that that is, that is, that is fine by me i think that you know two think, oh sorry no you know go ahead i think just like two-face part one has so much you know of its own type of mythology going for it into the batman universe it's got all the interplay between dent gordon batman the criminals like you mentioned the gangsters and stuff like that but it also has like really uh, like good visuals with the big bad Harv therapy sequences and stuff like that. Yeah. Plus that final shot. Big bad so Harv. Cool. That's such a good moment. Yeah. I think making this the new number five is a good, good spot. Yeah. For I, it. I think yeah. that, um, I think that the man who killed Batman has one of my favorite moments in the entire show so far, which is the funeral. <laughs> but I think that the whole, the episode as a whole, I definitely, I think that two face probably edges it out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. New number five, S tier. I am down with that. So we've had killed. We've had a lot of S tiers lately. I feel like that's pretty cool. I mean, certainly at a certain point they're gonna they're gonna dry up, right? I mean, or do they just keep coming? I don't know. I think they might keep coming. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) there it's still a selective group. I don't think we'll ever have more than maybe. I think twenty to twenty two is probably gonna be pushing it. Like, but there's definitely some more that I can think of that I feel like you're gonna really enjoy. Um, it's just whether or not we need to start declaring them as A tier for just being really good. But everything that we have in S tier right now is so wholly unique that I feel like they all belong there. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. Because like almost got him is like perfect. The laughing shit, the laughing fish, the laughing shit. shit. The laughing fish is so good. Heart of Ice is iconic. Two Face yeah. Part One is a fantastic story of a Batman villain and Batman. 
and his role in creating that villain, which is yeah. fascinating. Man Who Killed Batman is a great Joker story. Perchance the Dream is a fun introspective thing. Same with Dreams and Darkness to an extent, while also being a really cool Scarecrow episode. Joker's favor is pure comedy. Christmas with the Joker is iconic because it's like one of the few holiday episodes. Also really funny. Nothing to fear. Batman's relationship with his parents, you know, coming yeah. into play there. Beware the Great Ghost, his nostalgia for spending Dope. time with his dad, as well as featuring Adam West and then Clock King, which is just like <laughs> James Gunn weirdness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like, I like feel Clock like King. so far we have enough stuff here that is like, it's all diverse. representative of the show. So. It's all very diverse. Yeah, I, I yeah. So I'm I'm happy with this so far, and and ultimately, you know, it's, it's our list. We can do whatever the hell we want with this. Thing. Exactly. They're all S now, <laughs> <laughs> except for never too late. They're all S now. <laughs> Uh well, well let's talk about one that's definitely not an S, which is <laughs> Mudslide. Mudslide. Uh, Mudslide. Written by Alan Burnett, who's a co-creator of Batman the Animated Series, also co-writer of Mask of Phantasm. And Steve Perry, and directed by Eric Radomsky. Another Eric co-creator of the show. Radomsky. Eric. This guy is re- responsible for directing three episodes, and one of them is our number one, which is almost got him. Yep. So, <laughs> hey, you can't win them. Boggs, <laughs> Boggs didn't hit it out of the park every time. You know, <laughs> uh, he also directed uh, "If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, mudslide. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's primarily known for doing a lot of animated stuff. Uh, Mask yeah. of the Phantasm. He was the producer on that movie. Yep. Um, he was the director of six episodes of the TV animated Spawn. That's pretty cool. I didn't know um, about that. He also directed 13 episodes of Freakazoid, which, man, <laughs> talk about a throwback there. Uh, yeah, and then a lot of other stuff kind of like mixed up in the middle. Um, not a huge resume, though. Not a huge resume. Spent a lot of time co-producing this, I'm sure. Yeah. Title card is actually really cool, though. Can we talk about that? So it's a uh, sure can yeah. actor's mask that is sad with a crack down it, and it casts a shadow that's Clayface's face on the wall, which I think is actually really dope. Much better than the like shit clay pouring down behind in the feet of clay part one and part two. But just why with the title? Why just why? Mudslide. Ti- Mudslide. That's the best you got. I don't know. <laughs> I really I don't know. I can think of. I could. We could. You and me right now. We could pull five episode titles out of our ass. That's better than Mudslide. That that that's awful. I'm I'm like. It's weird. Like a the chain changing shape or something like that or, um, the shape of clay. The shape of <laughs> the shape of. <laughs> <laughs> that's better the shape of clay is better than this um mudslide yeah. is just a, such a terrible name for it it's just so. like an immediate it immediately makes me think of pooping just like immediately yeah. you know well, i mean? saw it come up on my tv screen i'm like ah, <laughs> what is, ah. What yeah this? very weird um all right well let's do a little plot synopsis let's do it at an office building, a man identically impersonates a security officer, much to the confusion of the other officer. And this guy's confused because he thought his partner left for the day already. The young officer triggers a silent alarm and Batman arrives on the scene. 
find out that it is Clayface, and Clayface is able to dupe Batman and sucker punch him. The clock strikes midnight, I think. I couldn't quite catch it, but Clayface bails upon the heist. He slowly trudges away, and Batman follows him, pleading to let him help Clayface become human again. As Clayface seems cornered, a woman pulls up, and he just gets in and drives away without Batman stuff. <laughs> the woman who picked him up is a scientist named Stella, <laughs> who helps mold him back into a humanoid form and rehydrates the clay, puts him in like this stasis suit, and he looks like handsome Squidward, which is weird. He does look like handsome Squidward. <laughs> what a fool. Wow. I, Thank I, you. Yeah, what a fool there. That's hilarious. Back at the Batcave, Batman comes to the consensus that Hagen, Matt Hagen, as it were, is uh, Clayface's identity, is literally falling apart. Stella is watching an old Matt Hagen movie, and he finds out that she's watching it, and he freaks out and smashes the television. Stella shows Matt a new isotope that would help enhance his abilities and be able to hold the form of Matt Hagen again. He sets off to steal it from Wayne Biomedicals. Clayface breaks into the Wayne facility and steals isotope MP40, which is the name of that. Clayface escapes via the subway, but starts to lose his structural integrity. It happens to everybody, Clayface. You know, one out of five, <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. Need a little Blue Chew in your action, you know? <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> Batman fights him in the train and sprays Clayface with an extreme cold-like solvent. This causes Clayface to shatter, but not before he jumps out of the train and lands in the back of a moving truck. So he goes full T-1000 on his ass and freezes him, breaks him into a bunch of pieces. Definitely stolen from that movie. Uh, Batman is able to find Stella's name in the directory of an old Matt Hagen film as like a medical consultant on the movie. And he shuts down the procedure that she is using to imbue Clayface with the isotope. Hagen almost kills Batman, but then Batman gets the upper hand outside in the rain, causes a mudslide. Batman and Clayface both tumble over the cliff and into the sea, but Batman can't pull him up because Clayface is too watery now. Clayface then dissipates into the water as Batman looks on and comforts Stella. The end. The end. Yeah. You know what this reminded me of? And I'm only going to say this because I just recently watched them. This reminded me of a Universal Monster movie, which is like weird dude doing weird shit and has a super like normal girlfriend that is is like strangely in love with him for something. What are you doing with this monstrosity? Literally just get the fuck out of there. And also, do you think the mold gives him a clay penis? Mm, Clay penis. Um. You have to imagine that it's like, you know, Do you think I mean, like she he... kept a little bit of it and like, made, you know, made like a prosthesis <laughs> for Stella time. Memories. <laughs> Memories. Um, no, I think definitely. Yeah, I think it's like, a you know, it's you mold your body to be whatever you want. So it's like, you know, He's like, how big are we going big. tonight? Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> you roll the dice, see what it lands on. And it's like, OK, well, <laughs> they have the Jeopardy wheel. Or not Jeopardy will Wheel of Fortune. Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, mudslide. 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 What are your thoughts? So this is our second clay face interaction. We had Feet of Clay Part One and Part Two. So this is coming off of a two-parter that introduced mm-hmm. Matt Hagen as a an actor addicted to a substance called Renew You, which allows him to mold his face into whatever he needs for a role. Uh-huh. But he then becomes addicted 
and uh, they pour a big old vat of it into his body, and he becomes a mud man. So, and not I a whole lot look. of not a whole lot of like, um, what was I gonna say? Not a whole lot of like clayface type nuances in this. You know what I mean? He's still doing clayface stuff, like molding things and shape shifting and all that. But I will say, like the the standout for me for this episode specifically was the action. I felt like the action was pretty cool with Clayface in the beginning, like breaking into that facility, and then like making the mace out of clay and then like smashing it. That reminded me of like the Arkham games and stuff like that. But it's weird. It's an episode where Clayface isn't able to be Clayface. Like he's losing his clay stuff, and so he's like that scene of him running down the street very slowly, and Batman just like catches up to him really fast, and he's like. Hey, let me help you. It's <laughs> just like it's just weird, you know? Like Yeah, it's it's really, not really weird. what I'm looking for in a Clayface episode. No, it's really weird and very jarring. Um just like the pacing of the episode. Um yeah. cuz yeah, you're right. It is like kind of got that monster movie vibe, right? Where it's like multiple scenes of them in this like hospital bed. And I'm like uh, after, the th- after the sixth time of me showing him in this bed on this hospital table or whatever, I'm like we I'm I'm done with the bed. Yeah. Sick of the bed. Let's move on from the bed. Show me Clayface. Show me Batman. Um, yeah. What are we doing here in this in this episode? Um, I did. I agree with you though. The opening thing I liked the uh, that's the, that's the best part. The, the switcheroo opening. with them and like the security guard. I thought that and that how the guard cool. like looks at the the tape outside and sees the guy outside like getting his lunch or whatever, and he's like, "Wait a second, <laughs> you know, he does well, like, Scooby Doo like whoa." <laughs> he like looks over at one point and sees the guy like oh, with the door open and then it's like his body morphs into the hole and if i was that security guard i'd be like it's time to go is yeah <laughs> i'm going on lunch <laughs> permanently i thought it was funny that at wayne biomedicals they just keep the isotope on the wall it's just like in a yeah you know, like where's the vault bruce what are you doing <laughs> that was another one of my favorite like forget everything you know moments where she's just like it's a new isotope i created it's it reminded me of iron man 2 where it's like you've created a new element congratulations so you've created a new element yeah um huh. boy yeah i did i did not this was quite the capper <laughs> remember we talk about like some every of now best- and then we get stuck with a with the pooper as the last one but you know like <laughs> I, I wouldn't will even say- call this a pooper this isn't no this isn't no no, no, that no, no. Bad. it's not that bad but like compared to what we just talked about yeah, I, I that's the, the other two are significantly better but that's i think um yeah, that's the only problem that you have when you watch them in sets of threes is every now and then this happens. But at the same time, I do feel like we are able to set that aside because, well, you know, if this was the first episode that we watched, you know, I'm I am thinking about this in comparison to Feet of Clay only. Sure. And Feet of Clay is so much more interesting. Way more it, interesting. World, it involves more like corporate corporate espionage with the Roland Daga Corporation versus the Wayne like pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. Like It's just very fascinating. And they're able to actually make you buy into Clayface as a villain over two episodes. Whereas in this one, it's weird. He's like doing the that all Universal Monster movies would do, which is like guy freaks out for no reason, smashes some stuff, and then immediately he's like, sorry, I didn't mean it. And then she's like, it's okay, baby. It's fine. Adme's comforting Anakin after killing an entire village of Tusk. You're only human. Just like, <laughs> well, hey, we all do bad stuff sometimes. You know, it's just like, Okay, whatever. And it's like yeah. it's weird too that it's like this lady is so infatuated with Matt Hagen, the actor, that she's trying to help him essentially so that she thinks that he'll continue to be in love with her, yeah. which is 
weird. That aspect I find fascinating. And that's like one of the only interesting like links in the episode is there's Night that moment. Effect almost. Yeah, there's that one somber moment where you cut to her in the bedroom or whatever. And like all the lights are off. She's like sitting there on the couch watching this old Matt hanging movie and just like thinking like, man, it's like my I'm fucking a pile of meat right now. It's <laughs> like, oh, my God. What are we? She's like, well, what couldn't it be like? The all old I'm days thinking or whatever? Is, you said that and all I could think of was Gordon Ramsay going, it's roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't fucking know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, but I like that concept. Like if we're going to go with the monster movie, the cheesy monster movie trope, like where it's like, I still see good in him, even though he's this terrifying mud machine. It's like, I I still just a mud machine (laughs) and I won't work for nobody, but you, Oh man, if we were going to do a, uh, like a choreograph, like, you know, the bat dance is Mm -hmm. the mud slide, the the clay face Corey slide to the left <laughs> mud Keep slide on sliding to the right Keep on sliding Chris oh no <laughs> you're in the bay yeah uh but yeah I, it's I I'm gotta gotta tell you I'm less than impressed with Clayface so far in the in the in the animated series I don't know if it, if you if it gets better at all, I don't know where. I, I mean, can't it's really not, remember. Not like the Clayface uh, is like an ultimate great. Batman. No, and I genuinely like from what I can remember. I feel like the. I feel like honestly, Feet of Clay is his best episode. So I don't know if his best is ahead of us. There are like team ups. I'm pretty sure that he's in though that are pretty cool. So okay, we'll see. He's the in one a great thing... episode of Justice League though when he joins the Society of Supervillains and starts working with uh, Luthor and Gorilla Grodd. That shit rocks. So. Do you think uh, Clayface was kind of like a loose inspiration for Million Ants or whatever? What's that? What's that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> one million times better. <laughs> um, One thing that I will say, creepy monster movie moment is the swallowing, swallowing of Batman at the end. That was actually really cool. I'm glad Terrifying. you brought that up. I totally forgot. <laughs> when he pops his head open with the yeah. grapple that's probably my animation so right there I thought that's, that shit was metal so yeah the the popping a cap in his head with the with the grappling hook is awesome but there's one shot where it's like batman's inside of clayface he's trying like, to get out dead i can feel it yeah <laughs> so, and i'm like I'm like, I'm like oh my god <laughs> i was like yeah more no, of that call. like I totally forgot about that that was awesome yeah if you're gonna go if you're gonna go full monster like horrifying villain with with this with clayface like this is the route that you go like you go more towards this like unstoppable beast creature i just don't buy the whole like oh i used to be an actor i was so beautiful no i'm still hung up on it you know i'm still hung up on it yeah yeah good trivia good shit Got a couple trivia, things, please. Yeah, a couple trivia things. According to Bruce Tim, the reason they did not use Clayface much in the animated series is because he's too expensive to animate, as I well can as see too that diffi- being the case. Yeah, as well as too difficult to come up with a good story. <laughs> Boom, there it is. Also, Eric Radomski came up with the idea due to fans demanding another Clayface episode after the success of Feet of Clay Part One and Part Two. So, yeah. apparently, those episodes did really well. I mean, yeah, more Clayface. like all jokes aside with Clayface being essentially like the C-level Batman villain, like they animate the shit out of the they Clayface stuff, like how he's dripping and constantly like moving like that must take hours and hours to do. And I don't want to take away from any of that with our jokes or anything like, but it's again, it's like the character itself is very limited based off of um, <clears throat> motives. Yeah. But visually, I think 
this would be great without any dialogue. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like if I didn't know what was going on, I just saw this clay monster attacking people. That'd be sick. Um, okay. This is a thick trivia factoid here, but I think that this might be a little fascinating. The episode contains several references to movie making industry, given Clayface's background as an actor. Stella's surname Bates, as well as the past occupation, is an homage to Norman Bates, the psychotic yep. motel owner played by Anthony Perkins. Uh, Batman mentioned she once owned a uh, Batman mentioned she owned once owned a motel in the past. Blah blah blah. Bates uh, Motel, yeah, yeah, the Bates Motel. Um, toward the end, Clayface yells, "Stella, our Marlon Brando, Stanley Kowalski, and Streetcar Named Desire," or. Uh, the- uh, Tommy Wiseau Tommy. in the disaster. Stella. <laughs> Stella. <laughs> uh, the movie Stella watches, which Alfred later identifies as the dark interlude has a plot. That's very similar to that of dark victory. 1939. Also when the dark interlude finishes, the Warner brothers logo is shown with the words, the end without any end credits, which is how cool. the film studios ended their films during the golden age of Hollywood. During the final confrontation, Clayface uses several movie-related terms such as you've upstaged me for the last time, time to bring (laughs) down the curtain, and time for your final bow when referring to how Batman has interfered with his plans and how he's going to kill him for it. Um, Clayface also says curtain's going down just before falling to his death. (laughs) Clayface. Uh, And that's about it. That's all I got. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Actors (laughs) Actors <laughs> can't work with them. <laughs> can't work with them. Actors. <laughs> Act- it's called acting. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's rank this bad boy. So I think this is easily in tier C, not to be confused with C tier. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't in good faith put this anywhere above Night of the Ninja. Like, I think that yeah. that's like kind of where the beat, like, this is, this is there. This is right around there. Now, again, now tier C is a complicated tier. And hey, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine to hang out in tier C. Tier C is all right. I'm like, hey, I'm scatting around. I'm hanging around. <laughs> it's like a bar that's, they're not serving like the top shelf cocktails. They're serving you like, makers and soda yeah well that's that's i mean makers that's being generous like jack and soda (laughs) jack and soda um so this is like this is like outer in two dollar dollar fifty double wells you know what i mean like that's the tier that we're in right here like it's not pretty but you're gonna be drunk you'll have a fun time yeah and you'll be like you know that's good good stuff i would you know stella the the problem is is that i think this episode is probably stem to stern more well constructed than some of these in the tier c yes but man stuff like tiger tiger made me laugh from my gut and this episode was kind of just a low hum mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't i don't know where are you where are you uh where are you feeling how are you how are you feeling um that's a, you made a good point, which is like some of these have camp, which is enjoyable. Yeah, and I that's, feel like tier C is mostly camp. C for camp. <laughs> it's your teeth for camp. I was sneezing, but you, oh my god, <laughs> you stole the words. <laughs> Should this be in a new tier? Feet of clay tier. <laughs> tier camp. Tier foot. Tier. So okay, so let me ask you this. <laughs> oh man, I feel like putting it in the basement is like a slap in the face to the artists that worked on it. No, 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 I no, 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 no. I don't want to put it that low. I think that tier okay. C is totally fine. I just don't know if it's like, 
I mean, if Do I it's like com- Tiger Tire better because it was funny, I don't know. Maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do think I like Moon of the Wolf better because that's a more successful monster episode. Yeah. Birds of a Feather is like a funny, weird rom-com that the penguin in, is in. And I like that more than Feet of Clay just because the penguin and Matt as a Hatter is, is pretty cool, but weird, you know. Hold on. I have to Google search something really quickly. What are you looking up? <laughs> what is birds of a feather? <laughs> I'm looking up. Yeah, this. Hold on. There it is. Is it penguin singing the opera? No, it's this. Here. Open the Radio Vision 19 doc. That. Is <laughs> <laughs> is the the tiger monster holding the tiger mistress monster with Batman <laughs> looking in the corner? I just really like don't I think Tiger Tiger has a has a lot of funny <laughs> shit to it, but that is a <laughs> really weird episode. It is a awful yeah. yeah, I liked it because it was funny, but a good episode doesn't. It's fun so, yeah, to talk I'm, about, but we need to be we need to be real. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. I'm fine with I. You know, I have no qualms. I would I would maybe even say better than Moon of the Wolf, but I I don't. I, don't, I think it I could care. be better than Moon of the Wolf too, but I honestly would have to go back and watch it. I feel like I'm biased towards Moon of the Wolf because I like that comic cover. I think it's so dope. But Moon of the Wolf also had a better um, title card really cool. general right yep mm-hmm. and also moon of the wolf had that score in it with the electric guitars it was like very 90s mm. stuff it was cool yeah i i'm fine with the new number 43 i'm i think that that's totally acceptable all right do it goes in we're locking it in all right, Mudslide, your new 43. That's new 43. John, we've that's done 52, 52 episodes. episodes of Batman the Animated Series we've fucking done on this show. It's amazing. Underdwellers, still the bottom. Still. Will it bottom. ever be topped? I don't know. I really Will don't. Will Almost Gotham ever be supplanted? Supplanted. Lots of know. questions. This There's. Is, uh... There is some bangers still, but I don't know if Almost Got Him will be supplanted, if I'm being completely honest with myself. We'll, we'll see. have to wait and see. You will, will find out. Because we can't out. we can't put Mask of the Phantasm in there because that would be unfair. No. Uh, but that movies. goes at the top. That's its own tier. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 kind of discuss like movies in it in conjunction with the list. But yeah, the, the list is just episodes, not any additional content or whatsoever. For sure. Well, Zach, thanks for going on this journey with me. And uh, thank you for adding that journey. picture to my document. I will refer to it always. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. So we've got two shirts. I need to design two shirts. One is the screaming vertigo falling from the, <laughs> the tower. Screaming. <laughs> screaming. <laughs> so and good. The other is just, I just love how concerned Batman looks in that photo. He's like, mm, I really <laughs> work it out. <laughs> oh, man. Good well, episode. Good fun. stuff. Yeah. So um, just to give people a little bit of a preview, like yep. I mentioned, we will be recording our Batman, the animated series coverage of Mask of the Phantasm 30th anniversary on a separate date. You got about two weeks until we're looking to record that thing. So again, radiovisionshow at gmail.com. Please send us 
things that you want us to discuss about it, your thoughts on the movie, maybe first memories when you saw it, et cetera, thoughts on anything involving it. We, we are very excited to talk about that movie. We might have some special guests, which would be cool. But for this feed, the main Radio Vision weekly installments, our next three episodes that we will be discussing for you to go ahead and watch are Paging the Crime Doctor, Zatanna, and The Mechanic. Oh, oh the Zatanna. Zatanna will be a fun one to talk about for sure. I feel blue. The mechanic is pretty good too. If you uh, put two and two together and realize what it's kind of inferring, but the mechanic sounds like a like a Ryan Gosling like drive <laughs> sort of movie. Is that what I? Was? <laughs> yeah, seriously. When we talk about Zatanna next on next episode, that's where I'm going to plug in my uh, this little piggy stuff. So I'm just gonna. I'm going to loop that in. So, Zach, if you want to do a little extra credit, I'm going to rewatch that. <laughs> That's the episode with Ooh, I'm feeling so blue good or whatever, right? Am I blue? Am yeah. I blue? Great Kevin Conroy. Yeah, maybe we can use that as the outro for that episode. Yeah, that'd be good. As long as that, yeah, we'll have to check about copyright. Royal, royalty-free yeah. lounge music, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, well, thank you guys for listening. Again, if you are interested in future installments of Radio Vision or Radiovania, head over to Radiovania.com and YouTube, search for Radiovania. Give us a follow on the socials, Radiovania show on Instagram. You can see all the notifications that come out when a new episode drops on there, as well as any other notifications that you turn on on your devices. Zach, thanks for joining me. It was really fun. Thank you for having me. Without you, crime has no punchline. So I just wanted to to put that in there. That's good. That's (laughs) a good way to end it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Enjoy your upcoming week and we'll talk to you guys again soon same bad podcast same bad podcast feed good night